In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. Some of us are only uh, one night's sleep away from getting to Cleveland. And I'm here with Neil Dunworth, Mr. Uh, Mr. Custard, whatever he's called these days. How are you, sir? I'm not too bad at all, Paul. It's good to be back on again. Excellent, mate. And I thought one of the most exciting people or excited persons out there must be yourself because you're coming up to your first ever trip to Cleveland. I am. And, uh, you know, on our own podcast and the Two Green Browns podcast, it's been a, it's been a bit of a roller coaster over the last couple of weeks. And uh, it just all hit me. I was doing a Bills one yesterday and I went, I'm two days away from going to First Energy and I cannot wait. So uh, <laughs> it was quite a giddy podcast went out today. <laughs> I was literally, I threw caution to the wind and I was like, I don't care who knows it. I'm just delighted to be going and, and parking all negativity and parking all, uh, all, all, all the kind of the, the, the deprecation and stuff towards the team. I'm parking all that for one weekend anyway, at least, and hoping that we get a win. I'm actually doing more than hoping. I'm getting more and more confident by the day that we can get a win against this Bills team because their record isn't all that, it, that it's cracked up to be. And uh, yeah, so all positivity here. But your, your co-host is going to miss you and I can't believe you're not bringing him. That's like me going without taking Jack. <laughs> oh, I do that all the time. <laughs> exactly. No, John, was, John was actually up until about four or five weeks ago, John was toying with the idea of coming, but... Um, no, it just he just couldn't make it. Life got in the way, and and uh, but John is coming over to the uh, Browns fans meetup that you you've organised in December, um, on December the for the build, for the Bengals game. So John is coming to that. Yes. He actually conf- he well he had confirmed it ages ago, but he, we were just talking about it today, and we actually get in roughly around the same time. So it's it's uh, it's good. The two Green Browns be re- reunited and on tour in London in December. So watch this space. And how often do you and John actually see each other physically? I've only ever met John in the, in the flesh once. Um, he is, <laughs> he's based in uh, maybe about a two and a half hour drive away from me, maybe three hour, two and a half hour drive from me. But um, uh, it's funny because he, when he drove up here to meet us in the Galway Browns Backers Club, um, where he came up to myself and Ed, and there was maybe about fifth, uh, maybe about. 22 or 23 people there that day it was the day against the titans but john drives an electric car so a two and a half hour journey became a four hour journey for him and uh <laughs> i couldn't understand why he was setting out so early so it was um yeah he didn't sell the electric car business to me at all in 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 that trip put it that way well we're super excited not just because of you're coming over for your first ever trip the british browns are coming over elton john's in the cleveland this week as well but mr hunt is we're going to finally see him in a brown shirt and uh, I'm super excited about this absolutely as am I and I'm not I'm not going to tell lies when I looked at which game I was coming over to I was actually in conversation with you because uh, we had kind of when you came over to us in um, November I think it was of last year I think it was maybe November, maybe the start of December. Uh, we kind of made a pact that I would go to a game this year. And uh, 
uh, when I was looking to see what game, what, when the schedule came out and we were, myself and yourself were texting back and forth and you were telling me all the games you were going to. And I had actually earmarked the Bills game um, to go to, uh, but I didn't actually nail it in and completely clarify flights and everything like that until maybe just before, I think it was maybe three weeks before the, the first game of the season, four weeks before the first game of the season. So I kind of left it. And one of the biggest reasons that I, I did pick this game was because it was it, it looked for all the world that it was going to be the first game that Kareem Hunt would be eligible for. And let's look, he's a bit of a whatever off the field and, and, and he's, uh, he's off the field behavior. Obviously, he's paid the price for it and he will continue to pay the price for it because it's not gonna, he's not going to be able to wash it off. But on the field, he is one of the more dynamic. He is one of the more exciting players that, uh, that the league has to offer. And, you know, that's kind of something that is, I'm hoping that I'm going to see himself and Nick Chubb are going to be fantastic together. And hopefully we get to see two running back sets. And hopefully, you know, that it's, it's something that this, this offense can work into and we don't have uh, the same... Maybe um, vanilla and <laughs> and uh, and uh, I suppose kind of inexperienced play calling that we've seen over the first eight weeks of the year. Mm. Yeah, man, I'm just uh, absolutely buzzing to see him. Do you think Hilliard's job's up for grabs, or you just think the um, Ernest will naturally move on, or maybe even keep four running backs? Well, that's a really interesting one, really, because there's no, there doesn't seem to be any mention that they're activating Drew Forbes back from IR, and I. I or maybe they have already, but I don't think that there's been a corresponding movement there. Um, he has been training with the team, but I don't think he's been reactivated yet. With Jermaine Whitehead leaving um, or being forced to leave or whatever the case was, being waived, I suppose, the situation um, there, uh, we don't really need to to let anyone go for Cream Hunt. So he comes in. So now we've got four running backs, which is probably overstocking the running back area. If we notice that Dernis Johnson hasn't gotten an awful lot of a run in the last couple of games, he may be coming in situational pieces, maybe for one, two, three, uh, limited snaps. Um, I think Dontrell Hilliard does go back to a, to more special teams, return game and so on. I think they take Tavier Thomas out of that um, and they bring Dontrell Hilliard into that game. And I think we see an awful lot more of, of just our two uh, stellar running backs going at it and you know put it this way if you have the situation that you had the last game again well last two games should I say even against the Patriots and against um, against Denver where you're taking out Nick Chubb in, in uh, third down on third down you know if you're bringing in Kareem Hunt you're looking to get four or five six yards so third and and um, semi-long is what I call it. Third and anything from maybe five is is very, very doable on the ground now, you know, with Cream Hunt and, and through the air because not only is he just going to be a batting ram up the gut, he's going to be very good uh, if he's if he's flexed out into a wide receiver position as well. Semi-long, I love that. And, um, <laughs> mate, it, it's just going to be awesome. And, uh, you know, even with, hopefully with Hunt on the... Uh, on the field, it gives uh, OBJ even more freedom and hopefully we uh, get the ball to him a, uh, a little bit more. But I've got to ask you, uh, Neil, are you pro or against um, uh, Kitchen? I'm sliding. I'm searching for answers. Okay, I'm still searching for answers with regards to what the hell the story is is with this team. All the evidence at the moment is pointing. I, I, it's pointing towards Freddie Kitchens. It's pointing towards this offensive scheme and it's pointing towards... Um, towards the the way this team is set up and it, it really is um up until the new england game i was very much in the fence i thought it was just a, a conglomerate of of um 
how would I put it, inconveniences. That's how I think I put it to John was that this is a conglomerate of inconveniences. But the more I see this, the more that, you know, after the bye week happened, we started getting our, our secondary back fit. We started getting, um, you know, you had a full week to work on there, but we just didn't, it just didn't happen. And, um, you know, those next gen stats that I saw to, that came out today at Cynthia Freeland had, had a great, um, a great post about it as well on, on Twitter, whereby, you know, the separation of the wide receivers aren't getting and that, the you know, that the, the Baker Mayfield has been stifled by the system he's been asked to run. And I had a really interesting conversation with uh, with Andy Andy Collar, and he's a he's a Bills fan here based in Ireland. And I had it on my on my last podcast, and also it kind of kind of flexed into a written piece that I was given by um, the Bills Breakdown podcast as well for our um, our our preview show. And they mentioned that Josh Allen is very very open to coaching, and maybe that he's been he's been uh, almost to a point nearly overcoached by by Sean McDermott. And the question was brought up as to whether maybe Baker Mayfield is open to coaching or not. And at the time, I kind of I was thinking to myself, I don't know. I can't say whether that is the case. Nothing would lead me to believe that he isn't open to coaching. And then I was thinking as well that maybe if he's been asked to do a lot of this stuff, that maybe this is the problem, that he's not, allowed, not being allowed to improvise. He's not being allowed to, um, to get those scramble plays that he had. Uh, last year, you know, that Brett Favre kind of thing. He took a couple of steps to his right and he just slung one sidearm. You know, those things don't seem to be happening this year. And is that uh, is that because he's being limited in what he can call it the line of scrimmage? Is it very much a kind of a situation whereby it's Freddie calls a play and we have to stick to that? There's a lot of these little idiosyncrasies that we don't know and that we can't, uh, we can't say for sure. And I'm not one to really speculate and stuff like that. I don't like to speculate. And if I'm offering my opinion, I heavily... Um, kind of guide it with this is my opinion I don't know anything and how would I be based here in Ireland but my opinion would be here that potentially that is the case that maybe Baker is playing to the, to the system he's been given being a team we all know Baker is a team player and you know team players don't they, they aren't insubordinate they stick to the team plan and they, they work as as a team and even good leaders do that as well for, from time to time you know if you're given orders, if you're in the army and you're given orders, even though against your better judgment, you have to follow those orders, you know, so maybe Baker Mayfield is doing that as well. But once again, I don't know what I, to answer your question in, in a nutshell really is that I think it's, I think a lot of the blame is falling on kitchens. And I think the evidence is beginning to stack up to kind of, to, to, to support that. Now, me personally, I want him to come good. I would love if we rattled off eight, eight straight at the end of this season. It would be fantastic. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it, I'm kind of like a lot of other fans. I'm kind of cautiously waiting to see it before I start to make my own, my own um, full judgment on it as to how I want to see the coaching of this team going forward. Yeah, I, my view is definitely give it to, keep him to the end of the season and, uh, yeah, just hope he can turn it around to get a 8-8 uh, eight and eight season. <laughs> and uh, tell us, mate, what are you most looking forward to Cleveland? I cannot wait for tailgating. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, first of all, I can't wait to be able to get brown stuff and not have to pay like 60 or $70 in shipping. That's number one. Uh, I can't wait to be able to stock up my brown's wardrobe there. But number two is tailgating, meeting fans, meeting real true Clevelanders. Um, they, we do get a lot of them that filter into, into Galway through the Galway Browns backers. And I just love meeting them and chatting to them. And they like, 
they can't understand number one how do like why are you guys here in Ireland following the Browns you know this is our curse we don't want other people to it's not that they don't want us to be fans it's they're like going that you can pick any other team but you wanted to wallow in your own misery like us you know and and there's something about that I think it's very I think it's very the loyalty of the Clevelanders and the Cleveland people and I, I'm looking forward to the tailgates um, to go around to see the effort that people put in. We have nothing like that in Ireland. I've never experienced anything like that in Ireland. The closest thing we have is we go to a, a GAA match here, a, a hurling match or a Gaelic football match, and we bring a few cans on our bus. That's probably the, the, the closest thing that we would have here. But I can't wait to go and see the camaraderie, the kind of the, the spirit, the, the, the loyalty that, this, that the fan base has. And I, I'm so looking forward to tasting the food. And, you know, there's... Um, uh, there, there's, there's, there's going to be so much to, to be able to take in and the sensory overload that I'll have in the Muni art is going to be fantastic. So I'm really, really just looking forward to seeing people, seeing Clevelanders in their natural habitat. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm I'm super looking forward to it. The guy that's coming with me is a newly converted Cleveland Browns fan as well. He's a good mate of mine, and um, he's been a mate of mine since basically since childhood. And uh, he's moved to Toronto, and he's married his wife, and they're living in Toronto now. So he's coming. He's he's driving me down. I'm coming on personal chauffeur for the weekend. Uh, <laughs> so he's driving down from Toronto, and I'm I'm looking forward to the border stops at Niagara and then going through. Uh, <laughs> going through um going through Buffalo and so on and all the way down seeing all the scenery as well. So that's that's kind of part one of our trip is getting to see the kind of the autumnal scenery around the lakes and, and the wintry kind of scenery because uh you know those lakes I can imagine are just fantastic and the scenery there is gonna be beautiful too. But culminating in Cleveland where as you mentioned I get to see uh where all the action happens and I'm I'm so 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 looking forward to it and um you know, as I say, the I call Stan Two Green Browns at John, he would give his right arm to be there, but unfortunately he couldn't come over. But there'll be a next time. I'm sure there'll be a next time for the two of us to to make the trip over together as well. Yeah, awesome. And uh hopefully you can get up at six AM and I can give you a little drive around and show you where everything is and uh before we start tailgating. Oh, absolutely. I'm an early riser. I'm actually catching my bus at 4 a.m. It's, well, it's nearly half past 10 now, but at 4 a.m. I'm catching a bus to Dublin Airport. Um, so I'm an early riser anyway, so bring it on. I couldn't I, I couldn't wish to do to do anything more, anything better at 6 o'clock than to have a little drive around and see what's, see what's going on. And uh, Saturday night, we're going to do a few drinks in town? Yeah. It's, it's, it has to be done. I will, I'll have the obligatory airport pint at maybe about nine o'clock tomorrow morning, 9am once I get through security. Um, so we'll be, that'll calm the nerves for the flight. And uh, yeah, then uh, um, <laughs> as I say, it's pretty much holiday mode from there on in. So I'd be delighted to have a few pints on, on, uh, on Saturday night. When do you actually get into Cleveland? So I fly into Toronto tomorrow and then we get up early Saturday morning and we drive down. So it's about, I think it's roughly about a five hour journey down through um probably more including border checks and so on, maybe about a six-hour journey. So we're looking to leave 
before noon on Saturday morning, and then we'd probably be down around maybe five o'clock, six o'clock or so on. So um, it's as it so happens, I do need to say thank you to both yourself and to Kelly from the British Browns backers because we would have been bringing um, some sort of a tent and having to pitch a tent somewhere and try and sleep <laughs> sleep outdoors in Cleveland because uh, trying trying to find accommodation close to the stadium was pretty it was pretty difficult but you guys came up trumps and um you got me into the same hotel that you guys are staying in so i'm so so appreciative of that and uh, you know it made my life an awful lot easier for the trip as well so so thank you to both you and to kelly from the from the browns backers no that's what we do that's what we do don't even have to say thanks and um yeah if i give you any advice would be to uh, maybe leave toronto a little bit earlier uh, because you will want to stop off at Niagara Falls and in between Toronto and Niagara Falls, it's very famous for, I didn't know this until I did the journey, ice wine. Yes. I've, I, that's very interesting because I, we were uh, for, for this guy that I'm driving down with, it was, he got married in July. So we were there already. So that ice wine is actually gorgeous. I'm not a big wine drinker, but I really liked it. So I've, I've done the vineyards and stuff like that. So it's uh um, I've, I've pre-done the, 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 the Canada side of it, side of things in July <laughs> so that we can skip by it this time and, uh, and get over the border and enjoy what America has to offer. <laughs> and when you get to Erie, um, there's a place there called the Uri Brewery. Stop, go pull off, go and see the Uri Brewery, have a right. little half. And then make your way to Cleveland. It gets very exciting from there. Brilliant. I'd actually be really interested. I'm looking forward to, go, to maybe trying out some of the stuff from Fatheads and obviously the 73 Colch because being an avid home brewer myself, I'm looking to steal all the recipes and bring them back to Ireland to create my own little empire. So uh, <laughs> any any little breweries, any little kind of uh, quirky little breweries would be... Um, would be big on my well i wouldn't say big on my list but uh i could walk past them with at least without at least trying one or two of their wares awesome and uh on um saturday night i was gonna go to buffalo wild wings but due to social media and abuse i will now be going to um what's it called the the greenhouse something and uh, i'll be getting some wings in there and hopefully you get to meet one of my friends or someone i haven't even meet, met myself the daily mock draft Ah, excellent. Steve Thomas. He's going to be joining us maybe for some drinks uh, and some food. And uh, yeah, it should be a great evening. Lovely. I'd love to get to meet him. He's so interactive on Twitter and he's just he's just a downright nice guy. Anytime you hear him on podcasts, you just go, he's the kind of guy I'd like to sit up and you know get a nice frosty one with and just, uh, just shoot the breeze with. He's a really nice guy. Be delighted. And maybe even uh, Pete Smith may come along as well. I don't even know what he looks like. I don't think anyone knows who he looks like. No photos. No photos of Pete. <laughs> He's like the Undertaker from WWF. <laughs> uh, Pete's a great guy as well. We've had him on the show a couple of times too, and uh, I'd be delighted to meet him too if he was around. Yeah, he's a good guy. Now, Sunday morning, the Muni lot is, is a bit of a gamble because, yeah, looking at getting there about 8 o'clock and... People will be arriving. Obviously, people will be drunk at that time. And it's um, yeah, a real nice time where you actually get to talk to Browns fans. And you'll see lots of them. And I'll introduce you to uh, quite a handful of um, some of the faces that I've met over the years. Um, but then there's always the gamble of seeing the rest of Cleveland on the morning. So maybe around 10 I made it nick you on a scooter and to show you what the city actually looks like. Maybe go and see Pumpkinhead, maybe go to Carl's, 
meet a few other people and then get back again for uh, the Munilot tailgate. And it is a gamble because obviously the, t- the Munilot's just getting going yeah. then, but it does it does give you uh, an overview and uh, of what Cleveland City is actually like during game day. Yeah, that would be brilliant. And it's it's funny because you know in 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 the the Munilot itself. A couple of people have reached out and said, hey, if you're walking past, we'll give you our stall number or, or not stall, I presume their lot number within the Muni lot. And, you know, Chuck, the, some guy, some of the guys that, that John has had on um, in his, his kind of Cleveland uh, piece on the podcast, Chuck Felix as well. So he was he reached out to me. So he doesn't know Ohio Burger. I don't know if you ever met Chuck Paul, but he doesn't know Ohio Burger. And uh, it's um, apparently it's supposed to be something to behold so uh that's the food the food in the muni lot is something i'm looking forward to as well but no that sounds great that sounds fantastic i'd love to i'd love to to to, to take in an awful lot of that stuff it would be fantastic the problem always coming to cleveland is you get a thousand invites and you just can't go to everyone and it's, it's a real issue and that's why it's going to be quite good on sunday to have a base everyone could come and see us and um otherwise it just gets i've tried it before meeting three or four people um on a on a game day and it's just you go to one area you can't get hold of them on the phone before you know it 10 minutes is gone 15 minutes is gone and it people say to just meet me meet me in the muni lot but there's twenty thousand people and it's not that simple of just like saying i'll go to the sixth pillar i'm there on the right in an orange tent well everyone's got an orange tent and it's just uh yeah really tough to meet people so um we'll, we'll have a little base We'll have a great British flag and an Irish flag and uh, everyone can come along and say hi. Yeah, absolutely. As I say, I've got, yeah, I decided I'd go full on Paddy Wackery for the weekend. So I've got a light up leprechaun hat. And uh, so, yeah, there could be, are you wearing your kilt? You, I don't know, mate, to be honest, it's been the biggest luck charm, <laughs> but um, I may try one more time. And if, if we fail to win again, the uh, kilt goes. Well, if I remember rightly, Paul, the the Union Jack shorts were pretty lucky. They're pretty Mate, lucky, but it's changed everything on this podcast. The Union Jack shorts are coming back out. The Union that's that's actually we've now found the reason. I take it back. Freddie Kitchens has been a master at play calling. The biggest problem here has been the Union Jack shorts. They haven't been on the last couple yep, of weeks. Okay, there we go. It's an exclusive. <laughs> and uh when are you actually leaving Cleveland? I unfortunately I have to come back on. So we're driving back to Toronto on Monday at some stage, hangover depending, I suppose, really. And um, then I'm flying back out of Toronto on the on Tuesday afternoon. So unfortunately, I won't get to won't get to go to. I know you guys are going down to Canton, and I was like, I was almost heartbroken at that that I'm going to miss that, but also. Um, I would have loved to have gone to see Joe Thomas's um, live podcast. That would have been that would have been you know a dream come true to go to that as well to see such a legend. But uh, I know you guys are going to have a great time with it, and that you're going to um, you know that it's uh, it's going to be going to be something to behold. Yeah, awesome. And uh, yeah, it's it's a shame that obviously uh, you can't make it. you could squeeze in Canton, but yeah, it's kind of in the wrong direction. Yeah. So um, yeah, um, that, that's the way it is. But look. Mate, I thought I'd never go to Canton until Joe Thomas got Hall of Fame. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I've been probably six, seven times now to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I like to do things gradually around Cleveland. It's not a rush to do it all. And, um, but yeah, there's one thing you do Monday when you leave Cleveland. It's going in the same direction. Is a, uh, a Slyman's uh, sandwich. So uh, yes. that's one thing for your road. 
yeah, I've heard of that actually. I've got a couple of a couple of people have told me that I have to do that. It's definitely on the list. Excellent. And uh, after the game on Sunday, we have to find somewhere unique for you to eat because uh, that could be kind of your last uh, evening meal. So uh, we'll try and go somewhere different uh, on Sunday night after we've got the victory yeah. and uh, victory yeah, feast. Maybe get somewhere uh, nice and get a group of us and do something. That would be great. That'd be fantastic. All right, buddy, mate, you've got a bus in five hours to get some sleep. (laughs) Anything you need, give us a text and uh, go Browns. Go Browns indeed. I look forward to seeing you on the other side of the Atlantic.